Welcome to Light It Up, a podcast about resilient women balancing motherhood, their careers, personal lives, and all of the challenges that come along with being a superwoman. Each week, you'll be motivated to take action to lead, inspire, transform, and empower. Now, here's your host, Dr. Regina Mashira. Welcome to another episode of Light It Up. I am your host, Dr. Ajina Mashira. And today I have the pleasure of having Mr. Craig Elliott, the spin doctor, (laughs) on as my guest on Light It Up. For those of you who don't know Craig Elliott, and you should know, he's an extraordinary DJ, entrepreneur, and uh, an awesome dad. So uh, welcome to Light It Up, Craig. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much, Shana, for having me. So I told you, I reached out to you because I wanted to have a conversation. Um, I told you, you never know who's watching and you're a very popular person. Um, but I wanted to have you on Light It Up because I know that you are a dad, you have a son, and I see you and how you interact with him. And um I wanted to take this time to talk about Black fathers um, because we know that oftentimes the portrayal of Black men, Black fathers, um, is not necessarily too kind, right? So we don't necessarily see all of the positive um, aspects of Black fatherhood. And I feel like we all have a responsibility to change the narrative. So... Hence the reason why I've asked you to join me today. Okay. So okay. let's, if you don't mind, just tell the people a little bit about yourself for those who may not know. Um, I, you stated it. Um, I know a couple of people. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of people know me. Uh, I, I am a brander. I, I've, uh, the Craig Elliott experience is um, something that I developed. It, it is me. It is um, not just uh, music and nightlife, but uh, a sort of a lifestyle, I guess you should, you would put it. Um, like you said, I, I've, I've had the benefit uh, of being blessed to know a lot of people and a lot of people know me. And with that, uh, and, and things being positive, uh, people trust me, they trust my opinion, uh, they trust my um, uh when, when something's happening, they, they, they go, okay, well, Craig would know, he would know the best way or the best thing to do that fits whatever, whatever their lifestyle, whatever they're looking for. Uh, when it comes to, I guess, the entertainment or education or, you know, where to eat or maybe just to be an overall connector, I need to know uh, who's who. I need to know somebody in this position that can maybe assist me in something else. So I've always been a bit of a connector um, and with that, other businesses uh, that I have or involve myself in, I've always, the, my added value has always been my network of people, vast network of people, um, not just in the Chicago and Chicagoland area, but, you know, throughout the United States that are spread, you know, all over, you know, that I've developed, you know, in a short period of time of over probably 30 plus years. <laughs> So let's talk about. um, Let's personally, more importantly, first and foremost, I am a father. Yes, you are a father. How old is your son? My son is eleven years old. Okay, and I see your post with you guys riding along lakefront or wherever you may go. But even with you know taking them back to school last year when we were actually when our children were actually physically in school, but just always seeing those positive images. Um, I guess first question that I like to ask is, how did you learn how to be a good dad? Easily from my dad, from my dad, you know, I, I, I um, from my dad, from my grandfather mm-hmm. uh, and the people that my um, family had, had had me around. Um, I had have great examples of fatherhood, and and obviously I don't like to say had because I'm still learning. Right, right. You know? And and I'm blessed to still for my my father to still be around, still provide me with those 
examples. Now he's teaching me how to be a great granddad. <laughs> so, you know, when that, if and when that ever happens. Um, but, but no, it was, it was honestly for my father, it was, you know, I learned through the experience I had, I was blessed to have that experience. Um, with, with that, um, I want to talk, I'm going to talk probably a little more about my father than I would have about me being a dad mm-hmm. uh, because I've been biting his style for so long. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, also to be quite honestly, and he'll tell you himself, you know, I, I, you know, sort of feel voids where he felt, you know, where he made mistakes. I, I tell him every day, I don't think you ever made a mistake, but there were things now that I recognize as a father um, where he felt he could have been a, a, a better dad or more beneficial. He could have done things that were more beneficial to my life. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and uh, that one of, the, one of the things that happened, like obviously as a little kid, dad is dad. Yeah. But one of the things that happened was in high school. Uh, I am an alum of Hells Franciscan High School. Mm-hmm. as my father my father is as well and two uncles and a cousin right we all hills men mm-hmm. and my father when i when i got to hills I actually transferred to hills um from from uh, de la salle and once i got to hills I, I, I my experience at de la salle wasn't very good uh mm-hmm. socially nor uh educationally academically and so my father's like okay you should have been in hell in the first place. Mm-hmm. You're here. So with that, he took more of a, um, uh, my, my mother was really handling my educational process prior, you know, growing up. And he said, no, I'm going to, you know, be here a little more and pay attention to, you know, what he's doing and where he is. So my father became the president of the Parents Association. Okay. To know anything about Hell's Franciscan, it's, um, it, it was, unfortunately, it's closed now, but it was, um, all black, all male high school. Mm-hmm. And the parents association, uh, you know, was largely, you know, dominated by the moms. Mm-hmm. You know, moms sent their sons to hells a lot of times because, uh, you know, they wanted those those role models and they wanted that, that masculinity in their sons' lives growing up by the time they were teenagers. Of course, as a high school student, you feel like you're being punished because mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't go to school around girls, but we realized much later how much that was a benefit. Mm-hmm. And so my dad was the president of the Parents Association uh, during my stay at Hales, and he became more than just my dad. He was a dad to a lot of those boys at school. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very proud of that. And today he'll be like, man, I was always around them, you know, and I should have focused on you more. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you being around them, I focused on you and saw how you did it, how you became a leader, how you, a leader of men, how you organized, how you got people together, how people constantly asked you for advice and what to do and what's next, which consequently led me to who I am and what I do now mm-hmm. to be that. Um, that that was my sophomore year. I got there my junior and senior year. I was student government president because I wanted to be that leader and I wanted to work closely with my father, with, with the parents association, the board of trustees, and as well as, um, you know, the student government. So we worked side by side together to to lead that school and lead other men and other boys. And I'm, I'm very proud of that. And I'm very proud of my father uh, for doing that. So that's, that's how I learned how mm-hmm. to become a dad. I think that's um, an excellent um, way to, you know, start talking about this topic. Um, one thing that stuck out to me, you, you mentioned that at Hales, it was dominated in terms of the the parent association by women, yeah. which is usually you know what you see even in the educational system. Um, I've talked a lot about um, the fact that we don't have um, a lot of black men who go into the teaching profession, and I think it is very important for um, our young black boys and girls as well to see men in that type of structured environment um, makes a lasting impact. So to be able to have your dad there and making an impact on the lives of other young men, I think is just absolutely um, excellent. 
because you don't hear that, you know. No, no, you don't, you don't. And I agree with you wholeheartedly that with that. I actually went to college to go into education, secondary with concentration in history and, and African-American studies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, education, a, a formal educational system kind of turned me off mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, as a young man, I didn't really realize that what that was and why I should have even, why I should have probably fought a little harder mm-hmm. to do that. Entertainment was a little more sexy. Yeah. You know, and it, it, and at the time it, you know, it sort of paid better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I noticed that um, the presence of a strong black man wasn't necessarily desired as much as, you know, some say we need black men to be here. Yeah, but, you know, how much of a man did you really want him to be? What kind of man did you really want him to be? And a lot of times in our size, I believe in our society, period, mm-hmm. when, when, when black men, you know, take that reign of leadership. Uh, it's it's like most of us. It's it's picked through, you know, with a fine mm-hmm. comb, and you know the smallest things or the smallest infractions, or what some deem as uh, aggression or over assertiveness, can be taken in the wrong manner. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I've heard other black male educators say the same thing. Like, what do you really want? Um, the black man to be in the classroom or in the school building for. Usually it's not for what they should be there for. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a a lot of coddling, I believe, that happens in education. Mm -hmm. Um, I get it. But um, I don't think that that's what... That was the beauty of Hales, too, because a lot to happen inside... Mm -hmm. um, the, I, you didn't see often at other at other institutions, you know, and and I I love that place for it, and I wish we would we were still here, uh, for it. It was stuff. It was it was it wasn't things that you can necessarily put into a curriculum. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 fellowship, the 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 um camaraderie, the pride that was instilled in us, the um the you know the brotherhood that we had amongst each other. You can be in school all day and not like somebody, but outside of, you know, outside of that school, if you were a hell Spartan, you were my brother, you are my brother today. We are still like that. And then it even, that even matriculated to other black men within the Chicago Catholic mm-hmm. League school system. You know, I have a ton of gentlemen friends out of Leo and Mendel schools that aren't opening more except for Leo, you know, big shout to Shaka Ross. Yeah, yeah. Over there, he's doing an amazing job. Um, But, you know, we still have that similar camaraderie because we had that same experience, you know, and I even equate that to the experience that I've had um, going to HBCU Mm -hmm. and that compared to other men and women who went to HBCUs, that that feeling of uh, family, Mm -hmm. that you really care about me, yeah. Um, yeah, the competitiveness is there, and I think it's necessary, you know. But in, in I think in this world today, a lot, you know, like you said, there are narratives out here about black men. It allowed us to be, and it allowed you to grow, and it allowed you to really realize your what your potential is. And in a situation where you may not have realized that in other places, this yeah. is my belief. Absolutely. And you went to, speaking of HBCUs, you went to Alabama A&M, correct? Yes. Yeah. You know, my brother was at A&M. Tons of family there. Um, So let's, you know, I think you you know a little bit of my story. You know, I'm divorced. You know, I have three children. I have a son. And I love to talk to dads just to get their spin on how do they navigate parenting or co-parenting when they, you know, are no longer in a relationship with the mom? Mm-hmm. And how does that dynamic um, impact your ability, you know, to successfully parent? Um, I won't go through all of the statistics with the divorce rate or what have you, um, but um from your perspective, I mean, you grew up with, with your dad being 
involved, clearly. Um, so as, you know, as a dad of an 11 year old, um, and I don't know your marital status, so, yeah. <laughs> but as a dad of an 11 year old, um, how do you, um, what's the most important aspect of fatherhood for you, first of all? Uh, I would probably say the most important aspect is just to be there and be available. And, you know, I'm, my the co-parenting is, is a, it is a tricky thing because you're dealing with three personalities initially, you, the mm -hmm. child, and um, the person you're co-parenting with. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you get the ego out, once you, once the parents get the ego out of the way and realize that they do what they do in the best interest of the child, I think it really, you know, that's when you have a winning situation and the same thing I believe even goes for people that may be married and you know, mm -hmm. be around their children every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and then office, obviously offering, uh, being able to respect you know, the other parent, because that's what your child or, and or children will learn from first. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it starts, yeah, it starts off difficult and emotional. You know, I went through the trenches, you know, went through court mm -hmm. and things like that. But I, I ultimately realized, okay, I got to get my ego out of the way. I have to look at things from her perspective as well and not just mine, mine's and fight to be in my son's life as often as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, with that being the case, you know, I, you know, I make plans and I make decisions based on his best interest, you know, who I'm around. I've, you know, since my son has been born, you know, I've been in a relationship with an amazing woman for the amount of time that he's been here. Mm -hmm. You know, um, she was never here to, you know, uh, replace his mother. Mm -hmm. But she, but, you know, she's someone that in our relationship, she supports what I do. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing in my life is my child. And, you know, to have a woman to assist me with that, I've been lucky. And a lot of, a lot of men who aren't lucky, they still want to, you know, do that thing and be out here, you know, or they don't have necessarily have that same support system. So between her and my parents, I, I was pretty damn lucky. Mm -hmm. I am pretty damn lucky, you know, but with that, um, it was being here and having and, and showing my son, not only that I love him, but being able to instill, uh, pride into him, um, being able to, talk to him and you know discipline him to have to be open for him to ask me questions you know and understand things when he might you know be confused and not understand you know and just to you know just show him different things you know I was always I my son has three sisters mm -hmm. <laughs> you know so you know I was always like whoa he's a baby <laughs> out of three girls then there's his mama then mm -hmm. there's my mama and mm -hmm. his grandmas on both sides you know and I have a woman that's you know been in his life his entire life I was like whoa this kid here yeah the one thing he is not <laughs> deprived of is the you know the love of a woman so he gets that part so with that you know I sometimes I'm not necessarily hard on him per se but I we like our time. We like our time. We like our guy time. And even with my dad, when and I, I noticed when he's a little different, you know, the ladies say to me, you know, his voice changes when he's around you. Mm -hmm. You know, he acts a little different when he's around you. His mother has said things like, he didn't do that when he was with me. <laughs> like, yeah, well, you know, it's different when you're, when you're, when you're a dad. So that's always been you know, very important to me for me to have that relationship with him uh, uh, every day. Mm -hmm. We may not necessarily have to see each other every day. You know, I mean, you know, I, want, I live close to him. I, I'm involved with, with his education. His teachers know who I am. His doctors know who I am. And, 
I believe once, you know, once she and I again got the ego out the way and she realized the benefit mm-hmm. of who I am. Plus, I, you know, I sort of inserted myself in her daughter's lives mm-hmm. and realized that, you know, how important, you know, my role played. That's when things really opened up for us, for me to be, you know, as best as of, a, of a dad as mm-hmm. I could be. You know, at that point, then it was just really just trying to give him as many experiences and opportunities as possible to, you know, to be curious, to grow, to learn, and and just overall, man, just be happy. You know, there are a lot of kids out here, particularly black kids and black boys, who just simply just aren't happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at my son, and I'm just like, yo, this is a happy kid. You know, and that's that's all. Most that's parents from. A, you know, across the globe really want for their kids is just for them to be happy and healthy. Right. And I think um, the important thing that you mentioned is once you recognize what the the goal is or what's most important, which is that child um, and setting your ego aside, then you can work um, collectively. Mm-hmm. And I guess, so I'll pose this question to you. What... Um, what do you think, what advice, I guess, could you give men who are in a situation where they need to co-parent? Um, what advice would you give them on how to kind of successfully get to the point where you can? Concentrate on your kid, man. Concentrate on your kid, get your ego out the way. And um, yo, sometimes just fall back. <laughs> You know, you know, there, there's a level of competitiveness that men always have. And, and sometimes what you consider winning isn't always winning. You know, you know, if, if, if your child's mom just doesn't see your perspective, try seeing hers. Mm-hmm. Try seeing hers. If you guys were married, you'd have to do it. Mm-hmm. If you guys were living together, you'd have to do it. So. Don't think because you're not in this romantic relationship anymore that you don't have to do the same things. You got to do the same things forever mm-hmm. with her, and you have to do it, and you have to have you have to compromise the same way. Yeah, when you get off the phone, get away from her, you can curse and scream and say all the things that you felt like you really wanted to say. But how far is that really going to get you? Mm-hmm. How far is that going to get you to be combative like that? And I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, moms, most moms aren't stupid, <laughs> you know. And the thing even about with my son's mom is as, as much pushback as I got from her, mm-hmm. a lot of that eventually went away, you know, when she really saw who I am as a father I Mm want to be you know um, the examples that I've had things like that and where my my heart and responsibility comes in as as a father I have spoken to dads who like she did this and this and my first thing is like what'd you do Mm -hmm. what'd you do and and you know it's it's real easy you know to sit around and beat each other up or ladies sit around and beat up they you know, their children's father because, you know, because your ego is in the way, but you gotta, you know, see things from their perspective a little bit and, you know, uh, not try to win, win every battle. It's not necessarily about the win. It's just really for the betterment of the child. And it's maybe, maybe not always your way, mm-hmm. you know, there has to be some compromise there because the children eventually they feel that and see that. And that's not, that's not a uh, a winning situation. And yeah. particularly when you have small children. And at the end of the day, like I told a lot of guys, these your children are only going to be small for so long. Right, right. If you fall into a situation and you know, you know, your way, you know, in your heart of hearts was the right way, but you had to compromise on some stuff. I was like, um, it'll be the, the right way is always the right way. It'll, it'll rear its head. And you you also have to think about um, the examples that you're setting and how, you know, if you don't find a way to successfully co-parent, then all you are doing is creating another vicious cycle 
the you know, generational cycle of the same type of parenting or discourse amongst um, one another. What advice can you give to moms in terms of how to um, better work with their children's father? Would you give the same type of advice? Absolutely. Here's the thing. If he, if, 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 and this is those, those for both ends. If they aren't putting a child in harm's way, let them be a parent. Let them be a dad. You know, and there are a lot of things that you may not understand because you're not a man. And I, and I get it. It's hard. Men and women, you know, forever and a day, always going to, you know, disagree or look at things different because we are different. Mm-hmm. You know, but so, but you have to at some point understand that those differences is what make are what's going to make your child a a a complete person, not just your way. Mm-hmm. It's not just your way. I'll give you an example. My son plays sports. Mm-hmm. I got my son in sports not because I want him to, you know, get a scholarship or go to the big leagues or anything like that. I, I, I would love for him to get a scholarship and I think his education will actually get him a scholarship and not necessarily his physical prowess. Mm-hmm. I got him into sports because there were things that I wanted him to learn um, um, as, as a young man. I wanted him to learn responsibility. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to uh, learn team, uh, teamwork. I wanted him to learn accountability. Um, and and, and a number of other things I wanted, you know, him to be socially uh, apt, <laughs> you know, and how to deal with different people and different personalities and problem solving, uh, conflict, re- conflict resolution and things of that sort. And I think sports are some of the best ways to do so. Um, so I have him in sports and uh, his mom is her, you know, it's her first boy. Yeah. And, and, you know, mommy's going to be mommy's. And a lot of men have to realize that, bro. It's like, yo, they're going to be baby, period. Forever it's going to happen. There's nothing you could do about it. Mm-hmm. Wrap it up, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but my son, uh, he had a baseball practice. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if it was a practice or a game. No, he had a game. And they were running late. And it was her day to take him over there. And I was meeting him. And I'm like, where are you guys? And she had something else going on. And, you know, she was pretty much had a very laissez-faire attitude about mm-hmm. it when I get there. And um, the team needed him. They were short some people. Mm-hmm. So they eventually had to forfeit the game. Mm-hmm. And she and I had to have, she did tell you, tell you about it, like, it, you know, like it you know, it wasn't important to her. And I had to really explain to her why that was important, why he needed to be there, mm-hmm. why it was important for him, right? And um, that was something we, she and I got past. Mm-hmm. So going forward the following year, he had, um, he had practice. And uh, again, it was a time where, you know, he was gonna go. Well, now he's older. My son is very responsible mm-hmm. and, Practice is maybe about two blocks from his home. Okay, we mm-hmm. all live in Hyde Park, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm probably four blocks from his school. So mm-hmm. he walks, you know, home from school, and uh, so he's up and down Fifty Third, no problem. Mm-hmm. Especially you know midday and evening, yeah. and so he was uh, late for practice. I beat him there. I said, well, why are you late for practice? He said, well, my mom, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, does your mom have to be at practice? Right. So no. I said, so you go up and down the street to the girl, to the store when you want to get things that you want, candy, whatever, some chips. But when you go to practice, you got to wait for your mom. And he was steadily giving me excuses. But I used it as a as a teachable moment to say, Yo, this is this is this, this is what your activity, this is what you need to do, and this is your responsibility. You can't put that on your mother. Mm-hmm. I don't care what she's doing, and if you do, you make her realize how important this is to you. You know, to get there. You know, I, it was no longer on her anymore. Mm-hmm. It was was on him and like I told you they weren't there aren't going to be kids very long right right 
And I, of course, on the back end, I spoke to her about it and let her know. But see, instead of me saying, why didn't you get him to practice? Mm -hmm. I said, no, I got on his case for not getting to practice. Mm -hmm. and, and eventually she realized, dang, I messed up his practice. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to get into it with her. Mm -hmm. I made her realize that his level of responsibility was was uh, stifled because he felt like she, you know, she was holding his hand too long. No, mm -hmm. let his hand go. Yeah. Let him be, let him have some responsibility. So that way I killed two birds and one stone. Taught mm -hmm. him about a responsibility and accountability and did the same thing with her without getting to an argument about it or making her feel like you should have did this, you should have did that. And her tell me, oh, I have this to do. I had that, or oh, you could have did it. You know, even though we had agreed that on this day, she takes him, mm -hmm. right? Um, instead of, and I realized prior to that, instead of her going, Okay, I'll just meet them and we go together. Yeah. So then if she was if she was running late, hey, meet it, meet us over there. Mm -hmm. Instead of calling her and chewing her out or chewing him out, I'll go myself. So yes, even though we agreed that that was her time to go, I'm going to do what what's best for the kid and extend myself mm -hmm. to make sure that everybody gets there. It's, you know, because having a fight about it all the time is only going to stress everybody out and, and stress out the kid. So I, I had to, you know, make those adjustments and you make those sacrifices and you make those sacrifices for your kid. And that sacrifice sometimes is tucking your tail between your legs and, and you know, not having a bunch of ego about it mm -hmm. in the best interest in the best interest of the child. And I say that to the moms. And, and the dads, you you got to fall back and, and let them be. And at the end of the day, nobody's a perfect parent. Right. Nobody. We we are learning to be parents every day. And you're going to still be learning to be a parent. Every, my parents are still learning to be parents every day. I'm 46 years old and they're still learning to be parents. There's still things that they do. When to call, when not to call, when right. to get off the phone, <laughs> when not to get off the phone, when, you know all types of things you know you know where where am i going all types of so parent is parenting is something that you have to do every day so nobody's a perfect parent right you know so you have to let that person be and if you take that away from I, the mom or the dad then that that child is going to have a void that you can't replace exactly you can't do it yeah you can't do it you can't replace that void of a dad from a little girl Mm -hmm. you can't do it mom all you're gonna do is give her the negative stuff that you've learned mm -hmm. it up yeah and like you said continue a vicious cycle you know that's not good for that child so and i tell people all of the time um that you know as a mother of a son i can't teach him how to be a man and nor is that my responsibility. So the expectation, he has a dad. That's where the expectation lies for him to do that work or if there are other men in the family, you know. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the dad. Like I said, if that dad is, is toxic or, you know, is in a situation where we'll put that child in harm's way or maybe not in the same area, maybe not in the same state, mm -hmm. something like that, you know, there are people and places and ways to get that, you know, but I'm gonna tell you something, man, just, just talking to your kid on the phone and, you know, w w hearing their voice on a regular basis, it goes a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, because at the end of the day, I think they want to know that you care about them. Obviously you're concerned about what's going on. Um, discipline. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend, I, I have a friend, mm -hmm. and he told me a story about his son. His son's a little older than mine. So again, you know, it's I I, I learn from other dads every day. Mm -hmm. And his son was doing something around his mom and his aunt, and the dad told him, you know, you know, listen, you know, don't do this or whatever. I forget it was something fleeting. And so he kept doing it. So his dad, you know, had to snatch him up. It's like, yo, why? do you always do these same things around your mom and grandma? And, you know, then it's a, you're, you're a whole nother person when you're around me. Mm -hmm. He said, 
because you're the only one that's going discipline, to discipline me for it, right? And it was like, wow, you know, but, but you, what you realize is that, you know, kids want, to, they, they, they have a desire to be, to have direction and purpose. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. they have a desire for purpose and direction and they even act out sometimes because they don't get it. All right, well, tell me what to do. Right. I don't know what to do. So I'm going to do whatever the hell I'm think I'm going to do until somebody gives me the attention to tell me what I'm supposed to do. Because guess what? I'm a kid. I'm confused. And obviously, I'm not getting the attention in, in whatever it is that I need to make this happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do that or I'm going to lose interest until you get me back on track. So kids need that. Absolutely. Absolutely you agree with you. You have to have that other that other voice on the other shoulder just to say how things need to be done yeah so what uh give me some advice some pointers some more pointers that you could share um one one thing like like you know eugene hit me up for this and i get a lot of social media accolades for being this good dad and really man I just like hanging with my kid. That's just like, that's just my man, you know? Mm-hmm. That's my boy. I enjoy teaching him. I enjoy showing him new things. You know, I like to keep him active and doing different stuff mm-hmm. and not doing the same thing. Yeah, we are at a space now, where, you know, because of COVID where we sort of limited to the things that we do. Mm-hmm. And he's gotten to the video game age where he's doing that. Well, my thing is, even if you're going to play a video game, well, you know, what are you going to do different with it? So now I, it, it, it stoked his, his, his competitive drive a bit, you know, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I show interest in it, but he will quickly get off the video game. If I say, Hey, yo, let's go do this. Let's go do that. You know, we in playing baseball right now, he, mm-hmm. he's been playing baseball two years and um, you know, he, he's, gifted physically but you know these games you still have to learn right to do it you can't just get in and say oh i'm smack a home run or catch a ball and so he was doing it and he wasn't good as good as the other kids that was doing it so i was like well what are you gonna do about it mm-hmm. well let's go let's go catch let's go hit let's go throw so you can you know at least be able to compete with the other kids so then I made a game out of it and we had it was a really cool thing that happened a really cool story um he plays outfield mm-hmm. and at his age all these kids drop balls all the time you know you, they act like they're in the major leagues but you know so we get out there and I throw the balls up high for him to catch the pop-ups right mm-hmm. and uh he's dropping some he's catching some and and uh, I'm throwing him way off, so he has to run for it because in real game situation, that's what you have to do. So he says, uh, "So he said, uh, well, let's do. Uh, let's see if I can do five in a row." I said, "You can catch five in a row without dropping." I said, "We're gonna do ten in a row, right?" I was like, "You catch ten in a row, then we can get out of here." Mm-hmm. Well, we said five, and he was doing three, and we had to start over again. Mm-hmm. So we went with ten, right? And we get to seven. He had dropped one. We got to start over, bro. Let's go. So after a while, he got really frustrated with himself. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. You know, I can't do this. And I'm like, no, you can do it. Get out of your head. Concentrate on what you're doing and catch these balls. Right? So I'm throwing them up. And, uh, you know, he got to seven. And he, we kept getting about seven. Mm-hmm. And he got to eight. And I'm like, there you go. I'm like, let's get Let's do nine. Mm-hmm. He got it. He got nine. And then we got 10. And he's like, yeah, I was like, I told you I can do it. You could do it. And he was like, yeah, you did. Oh, no, no, no. After we got to seven a few times and he goes, okay, can we stop? Can we just go to five? I was like, no, we're not going to five. You set the goal at 10. Mm-hmm. You did that. Meet your goal. So he, he got 10 and he was excited. I, he, you, you know, I did it. I was like, I told you, you can do it. I told you, you could do it. I was like, now let's, let's do 15. <laughs> he said, let's go. And he, we, I threw him up, and he caught 15. He said, I can do 20. Oh, now, now he's arrogant. Uh-huh. <laughs> his chest out. I can do, oh, you can. So now, mind you, at 15, I said, well, you know if you do 20 and you drop one, we're starting over again. And he was like, wait a minute. We, we, I said, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not going back. You set this goal. 
you met your bar, you set it higher, you're going to meet it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I was prepared to drop him back to one. Mm-hmm. And I purposely was throwing him way out the way where I knew he probably wouldn't be able to catch it. Mm-hmm. Not not too bad, because if I did, you know, because I'm 46 years old, if I threw it too crazy, I'm like, okay, that's my bad. That's Some, some stuff is just uncatchable, and I didn't want to be completely unfair mm-hmm. with it. And uh, But he was catching them. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing them out, and he was catching them, and he got it. And when I tell you, he was so proud of himself that he he caught 20 in a row when he was about to give up at seven mm-hmm. because he couldn't get 10. And he did 20 without missing his mark. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. You don't have to be a parent to, to that, how proud I was of him to see that he accomplished that on his own. Mm-hmm. You know, and to give him that drive, it was just such an amazing thing to see. And to want to do that with your kid every day in his academics and the things that he wants to do and the things that he wants to be, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's no feeling that I can even describe to see your, your child win like that, you know? It was such an amazing thing. So I I do stuff with him. And that was that that we did that, you know, to get him there, not just for him to catch well, because I think a few games later he missed the ball and something came to him. But it happens. And it's it's a learning experience. Yo, you're not gonna catch them all, but man, as long as you try, you get out there. That's that's all I ever asked of you is just to give it a try and get out there. I was like, you can't, you you learn from your failures. That's like, if you're always winning, you'll never know what it's like to lose and how to get out of the situation that you're failing from. I was like, so just learn from the situation and don't beat yourself up about it. Figure out what it is you did wrong and then just go back to it. In math, I tell him, man, he's great in math. I was like, you know, it's not just figuring it out. It's how you got there mm-hmm. that matters. Not necessarily what the answer is. Right. It's actually how you got to that point. And I was like, once you get to that point, then it feels a whole lot better than just having the answer because you actually put in the work to get there. You know, so I, I, I like to get out with him and do stuff and just hear his opinion and, you know, see how he feels about things when it comes to like the situations that we're going through now dealing with a worldwide pandemic and even um, uh, racial mm-hmm. uh, uh, injustice, you know. You know, these kids, they know, man. They know, they hear, and they see things. And, you know, I, I, I talk to him, and I get his opinion and try to find out what it is that he feels to help him grow. That's excellent. Um, I mean, the quality time that you spend with your son, but also the lessons that you're teaching him mm-hmm. without it necessarily coming across like it's a lesson that you're lesson, growing yeah. And then another thing, man, is I, I've really taken, um, I pull his friends in too, because see, that's another thing is you can't, especially when you're raising a black boy out here or even girls for that matter, you got to realize they are really going to get, you think you giving them lessons, Mm -hmm. their friends are giving them lessons too. And sometimes those aren't the right lessons. And sometimes those kids may not have what they have. Most of his friends, unfortunately, don't have, fathers aren't as active as I am mm-hmm. in their lives, you know. So I'll have three, four, five of them over with no problem. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, I'll talk to them all like they're mine yeah. and treat them all like they're mine and provide for them as much as I can within that time that they're with me, mm-hmm. you know, like they're mine because, that yo, they're all of ours. Right. And, you know, we, we have to, we have to take, take charge of all of that because they're, you know, they're still out there. You don't want to lose them. I would, I would be heartbroken if I lost one of his friends, you know, to the street mm-hmm. or a situation where I know I, you know, they paid attention to me or I could have at least saved them with a word or two here, mm-hmm. you know, because the thing is, and I told my son, I'm, you know, he comes home, he has some, you know, his grades are good. And I'm like, well, you know, how's, uh, uh, Jason's grades, mm-hmm. you know, oh man, he's not doing too well. I'm like, well, why isn't he mm-hmm. he's your friend? Right. Right. What's the problem? And he'll tell me what the problem is. I was like, well, you need to motivate him mm-hmm. because if you're out here hanging with him and he's not doing at least equally as well as you are, and you're not assisting them, then number one, you're not a good friend. Mm-hmm. 
And number two, he, you know, he, people, he's going to hold you back. Right. Right. So I was like, so you guys got to do it together, man. And that's another part about being a part of a team and, and, and accountability. You can't, nobody's going to do it alone. Mm-hmm. You can't do it alone. And I want him to know that I want him to always be a leader and a motivator to his own friends. Mm-hmm. And I, so I try to be there to be an example to them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 he and I go bike riding and I get, find another bike. We all going bike riding, you know, people all day, you know, how many kids do you have? You ask, how many kids do you have? <laughs> Cause I always have kids around. Same yeah. thing with his sisters, mm-hmm. you know, I'm taking them to the dentist and the doctors and you know, his, he has a sister that's 15. She got a, uh, a industrial piercing on her cartilage. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, Why'd you do that? It's just something I wanted. <laughs> I'm not her father. I'm not a mother, but I offered my pain. I was like, well, you're very pretty. Mm-hmm. You didn't need that. I was like, but if that's what you choose. So we go, we, we had to go to the dentist. She's getting braces. Uh-huh. And uh, so, you know, you have to do x-rays and she's, yeah. you, know, you can't have that in, in while you're doing the x-ray. But it was, it was uh, getting effect, infected a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, it's getting infected, huh? And I told her before, I was like, that's not a really real easy piercing to have. Yeah. Well, it's just something I really wanted. She's sassy. She's 15. Mm-hmm. You know, she's cute. She wanted to do her thing. And so when she when she was rolling with me, I said, uh, how's that piercing? And that's how we got on it. She's like, <sighs> it hurts. And I have a little bump back here. And I teased I did her just like my say I said oh you're gonna have a big old knot behind your ear now it's gonna be very ugly mm-hmm. you know she's don't say that don't say so well what are you gonna do you can't have any ear while you get where you get your x rays for your braces mm-hmm. and take it out I said no yeah I think you should keep it out keep it out <laughs> and she's gonna keep it out because now she's like I don't like what it's doing to me it's ugly it hurts or whatever but you still gotta be there you know the same way for little girls and yeah. like I'm gonna make those mistakes you know, her mom, you know, is like, no, I don't want you to do this. She comes running to me. She won't let me do it. I'm like, well, why don't you think she wants you to do it? She's been here before. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a reason that, she, you know, she mm-hmm. doesn't want you to do it. Yeah. Girls definitely need their dads to or need a father figure mm-hmm. um, in their lives. I will tell you, I mean, I, my parents were married. It would have been 50 years mm-hmm. this year. And yeah, and my father, you know, at the time, did he get on my nerves? However, and only imagine what it would have been like to grow up with Dr. (laughs) (laughs) Molly. But, you know, you don't, I always knew I had a great father and, um, and he was also a father to many, you know, indeed. and um, the lessons that I learned, you know, now I can, I kind of sit back and reflect on all of those things. Um, and what I remember, um, so I was always with my father just because of the nature of his work, you know. Right. You know, and, um, but I remember riding in the car with him and everything was going to be a lesson. Everything. No matter what. No matter what. Um, so um, I think that when you have um, a parent who's obviously concerned about your well-being and um, pours into you, I mean, having children, quite frankly, is an investment. You know, you are creating, you've created another life. You got to be responsible for how that individual turns out and the contributions that they make, not only, you know, to the community, but the society as well. Yes. I, I wholeheartedly wholeheartedly agree with that. I was in a um a podcast yesterday, um, big shout to uh, Black Box TV, and we were talking about parenting mm-hmm. yesterday. Oh wow! One of the, it was interesting. Uh, one of the questions was, uh, "What they ask? Um, what is it about parenting that you feel that you didn't realize uh, before you were a parent?" Mm-hmm. And one young lady says that everybody shouldn't be a parent. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I was like, this is true. But that, but, but you, we can laugh about that, but that's more or less because, you know, 
it is an investment mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to to you know concentrate on that investment and cultivate it sacrifice for it mm -hmm. in order for it to grow and it's not and another young lady said yeah but there's no uh roi <laughs> it's not much of a return and, and and she said it jokingly but that, that that's not the truth the truth is the the citizen that you create mm -hmm. and, and who they're going to be absolutely absolutely well i thank you for taking time out of your day just kind of share a little bit i hope i, I hope i uh assisted you as best i can i gotta tell you it's it's funny and I, I get a little nervous, you know, normally I'm not lost for words at all, but when it comes to being a dad and being a parent, um, it's so special to me. Mm -hmm. And I, and I get some accolades here and there and people, you know, oh, you're a good dad and all that. But like I said before, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just, God, it's hard to explain. It's, this is such an amazing thing. And it, and it's something that, uh, I, I just feel from God says, you know, you, your responsibility is to make sure that this little person, mm -hmm. you know, has the best chances and opportunities um, that you can give, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I do what I do for the betterment of him. At least I think I do, you know, mm -hmm. and I, you know, you, you can't, beat yourself on in, in the head all the time because it's like I said that you can always do more um but I you know I try to do my I try to do my very best uh with, with what I have mm -hmm. to take care of this little soul um my I, going back to my father again mm -hmm. and my grandfather I mean, my mom's my mom's father. I, I didn't get the opportunity to meet my dad's father, but it's interesting because as he talks about him now, some of the lessons that he taught my dad, I can see I actually, without ever meeting him, mm -hmm. I still kind of, you know, um, shovel into my kid. Um, but my, my father would always um, say, man, because I was working a lot, mm -hmm. I didn't really get to do a lot with you and I'm so proud of you as a dad because you do so much more with your son than, son than I ever did with you and that goes back to those lessons that you learn that you you know from things that they maybe didn't do right um so yeah my father because of what you know he did for a living he didn't have a lot of time there were holidays when he wasn't able to be there I'm, I'm the son of a police officer my mm -hmm. father was uh, CPD for 40 years wow uh, yeah and that took a lot of his time. Mm -hmm. um, for, fortunately, my dad wasn't a, a really, really a, a cop. Cop. He didn't, you know, hang out with cops. It wasn't cops always at the, at the house in uniform. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to be that. But it, you know, he was. He worked. He worked. You know, very hard. I was a latchkey kid. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I I found myself um, not alone a lot, mm -hmm. but there were situations that my father being a father i i had to really hold on to those lessons fast gun ownership yeah okay gun ownership which is very important mm -hmm. um because i grew up with guns in the home um my father really he taught me mm -hmm. about guns he and about gun safety mm -hmm. i don't like guns i'm not into guns i never have been but as a little, little kid, so there wasn't an, an, any, you know, tragic accidents, he sort of took away that curiosity. Mm -hmm. So instead of hiding it from me, mm -hmm. you know, he presented it to me, you know, taught me about it, taught me and, and made me responsible at a very young age. And I, I lost friends because, you know, at 12, 13 years old, 14 years old, you come home with your friends, everybody knows your, your father's a cop. Where's his gun? I want to see it. Mm -hmm. And 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 that type of that type of um, that type of peer pressure can get to you, you know, and not necessarily in bad ways. Like, no, no, no I want to show you, but you might want to be big and bad. Be like, oh, absolutely, here, let me show you, and I know how to use it, and I can do. Nah, because one thing I learned was like, it's it's not a toy, it's not a prop, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, no, why, why? there's nothing to see. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to see. That comes out if you plan on using it and it's not going to be used. So I'm like, I just want to see it. And then, oh man, you, you know, you, you being a punk about it. Mm-hmm. I'll be that punk. Mm-hmm. Because disappointing my father to date was the most important thing to me. I did not want to do that at all. Mm-hmm. At all. You know, because, you know, his opinion mattered. Mm-hmm. And I noticed now with my son, my opinion matters. You know, so I'm not, I've never been dismissive on anything that he has a question about, that he appreciates, um, that he has an opinion about, because I know how deep my opinion will, will affect him, you know, growing up as, mm-hmm. a, as a young man, as a young, young black man. So my dad, uh, you know, he, I, I follow that. So I do some of the same things that he did, but I also do the things that I'm like, man, it would have been, it would have been nice for him to do this. Yeah. You know, and so he, like I say, he decided like he regrets it. I'm like, man, don't worry about that. Cause now I know, okay, maybe if I do more of this, I wasn't a super athlete or anything. Like I said, I didn't, I don't want my son necessarily. I'm not looking for him to be that, but I know there are way a ton of lessons that he could learn from that. Exactly. And I get that from other people who are responsible, who I know have gotten to a certain place. And I'm like, yo, this, this will work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want this for my child. Mm-hmm. I want this for my child. I All of us want more for our children than we ever could have had and or been. Exactly. That, that's where I am. Yeah, exactly. You know, and again, taking those lessons that you've learned from your parents, but also kind of building upon those lessons mm-hmm. to, to do better. Yeah. I think it's the ultimate goal. Well, hats off to your dad. So- Let's shout out Mr. Roper. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, thank you. Um, again, I, you know, I look and watch and you were one person I definitely wanted to have a conversation with because like I said, I um, admire from a distance with, with, with your parenting and I just want you to be able to share a little bit um, so with the listeners. So Thank you. Um, let us know when can we hear you? Cause I know. You- yes, yes, yes. I, I got a bunch going on. <laughs> no, you can uh, check out my podcast. I, I talk, I speak sometimes on fatherhood, but I, I really, um, I'm on there playing music. It's at soundscapesradio.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, my show is Craig Elliott presents soundscapes. I play uh, Monday, Monday through Friday um, from, from noon to about three 30. It depends on when I wake up or what my time is like, but on average, but also you can, you can listen to those shows if you follow that podcast on your own time as well. So I'm there. Uh, obviously COVID has slowed down my, um, my live stuff. So I haven't had the op- much opportunity to do that, but if you go on my podcast, I always announce my stuff and I place it. I'm, um, I'm at, um, Instagram at Craig Elliott 13. Um, that's two L's, two T's. Mm-hmm. And uh, my Facebook is open as well as, and, and so is my Twitter. So, you know, come be a part of the Craig Elliott, ex- Craig Elliott experience. That's right. You know, you know, I'm a fan. So thank very much. I'm a fan of yours. Well, thank you. All right, my dear. Well, thank congratulations you. on your award as well. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I just actually got another notification. Like, I, what'd you get now? What'd you get now? The UIC Merit Award. Yeah. So I just opened up that email. So excited. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to do a little something in the higher ed world. And more than trying in higher ed. Yeah. So, thank you so very much. Well, um, I want to hopefully, you know, there'll be an opportunity for you to come back and join me. Absolutely. Yes, I would love to have you back. And um, for those of you who are listening and viewing, make sure you tell a friend, share the video with someone so that you can hear um, all of this great advice that Mr. Craig Elliott has blessed us with for today. And uh, Look forward to you guys tuning in next week. In the meantime, in between time, remember to continue to light it up and shine bright like a diamond.
Thanks for joining me this week on Light It Up. Make sure you visit my website at www.lightituppodcast.com or www.ajinamohammed.com. You can also find me on social media using the handle at Light It Up Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or you can simply tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next time, light it up and shine bright like a diamond.